Go ahead and grab your Bibles with me. Turn to James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. It has been good already to be together this morning. Thank you, Cameron. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 11, you can remain seated. James writes, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Let's pray. Father, we pray this morning that your word would ring clearly in our hearts. That we would be challenged by it. That we would be changed by it. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Abraham Lincoln, 16th president, had a favorite riddle that he would oftentimes give to people. He would, he would ask a question like this. It was, if a man were to call the tail of a dog a leg, how many legs would the dog have? And people would kind of look back at him. And then most people would reply, five, I guess. So Lincoln would look at them and give this homely smile, and he would say to them, wrong. The dog still has four legs. Calling the tail a leg doesn't make it one. But how often is it that we really think our words matter? What we call something really should make a difference. What we say, oftentimes, we put a lot of weight into our own opinions, don't we? We think when we speak, it ought to change people's minds. They ought to want to do something different. They ought to be listening to us. When we mention our ideas in the group, well, then the group ought to do what we think is best. After all, we have spoken. We have said the things that need to be said, and therefore everybody needs to do the things that we have said to do. How often... Do you think your opinions or your words have hurt people in the past? One of the most damaging sins that impacts the church today, it's not sexual immorality, though that is a problem. It's not murder and hatred, though that is a problem. It's not homosexual marriage, though that is something that may be a problem. It's not even liberalism which indeed is a very big problem in the church. The biggest problem in the church is gossip and slander. And for some reason, we think as Christians that, that gossip is more of a, a misdemeanor kind of offense in relationship to God's law. It's not a felony. It's not something really that serious. Just kind of a misdemeanor, something that everybody kind of does and nobody really cares that much about it. But the truth is, God cares intensely about gossip. God cares intensely about 
slander. In fact, Jesus said in the Gospels, Matthew chapter 15, he said, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness. Notice, slander. Jesus says, all of these things are coming from the heart. He says, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, slander. All of this is coming from within. He says, this is what defiles a person. Friends, we have to be very careful about the words that we use. Careful because our words can wound those whom Christ died for. Careful lest we think that our judgment or our renaming, caricaturing of things, actually changes anything. Lest we think too highly of ourselves. So as we look at this text together, what is the overarching command that James gives to us in verse 11? What does he say there at the very beginning? There's a single single argument about the, the sinfulness of slander and gossip. So James writes, he says, Brothers, do not speak evil against one another. Do not speak evil against one another. Or he says, do not slander one another. Now remember the, the way that James has been writing throughout this entire book as we've been walking methodically through it. He's already talked about the tongue. He's already talked about the importance of, of saying good things and not saying bad things. Remember in chapter 3, chapter 3 he says, How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue, he says, is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. He says, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. And with it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. This is the tongue, the mouth, the words are a huge problem for us. Now here in this chapter, chapter four, it seems as though he's turning back to that same theme. The sinful ways that we often use our words to wound and to damage others in the body of Christ. James has already spoken about the law. He brings us now back to this law of God. And, and it seems like he's, he's drawing us back to this topic of the law and our relationship to the law and the things that God has said in verses 11 and 12. You remember what he said in chapter 2, verses 8 down to verse 13. As he's speaking to them, he says, if you really want to fulfill the royal law according to the Scripture, he says... This is the royal law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. He says, then you're doing well. But he goes on and he says, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. If you do not commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. 
And here in this verse, in this, he's talking about the royal law. He's quoting back from Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 18, which says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people. He says, but instead, what should you do? You should love your neighbor as yourself. Why? I am the Lord. So it seems that James, in his mind, he's he's wrestling with the fact that these people to whom he's writing are showing partiality to one another. They're playing favorites among the church. They're, they're quarreling. They're fighting. They're saying things to one another that Christians ought not say to one another. They're coveting. And he draws them back to the law of God. He says, you should love one another. What's wrong with you? You should love one another. This is the law of liberty. This is the law of Christ. And within that command, he's reminded then once again of the sinfulness of slander. In the preceding verses in Leviticus 19, in James's mind, probably echoing back and forth, Leviticus 19, Moses said this right before he talks about the royal law. He says, you shall not go around as a slanderer among your people. You shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. So in James's mind, if you're going to be a covenantally faithful person, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to be in covenant with Christ, you ought to be loving your neighbor. And loving your neighbor means that you're not slandering your neighbor. It means that you're not gossiping against your brother and your sister in Christ. And if that's true among, among the ancient Israelites, how much more is it true for us as Christians? We who live not under the old code, but under the new law of liberty, James says, purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. So as we look at this text this morning, we'll observe three truths about the nature of slander and gossip. One who uses the words to wound and to hurt others rejects the authority of the word of God. Refuses to obey the word of God and regards themselves as their own God. So let's look together at the first of these. A slandering gossip rejects the authority of the word of God. Look back with me at verse 11. He says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. Now notice he's dropped this really harsh tone. Remember last week as we looked at chapter 4, verse 4, remember he says he calls them adulterous people. He, he talks to them about their idolatry of the heart. And now it's as though he's pulling it back again. He's addressing them once again as brothers and sisters in Christ. So he's shifting back to, to an encouragement to, to be godly, to do the right things after this kind of brief come to Jesus meeting, as we might say. Right? He's, he's really brought it home to them. So he's focusing on particular behaviors once again. And he says, you need to stop gossiping. You need to stop slandering one another. Now the word here that he's using in the original language literally means to speak against someone. To speak against someone in a, in a harmful way. It's a harmful way of talking. It, it questions legitimacy and authority. So when we look back in the Old Testament, there's examples of this. Uh, when the people of Israel were in the wilderness 
of Sinai. They became impatient with God. Believe it or not, they became impatient with God and they began questioning him. They began wondering and, and, and saying things about God. The scripture says in Numbers chapter 21, it says that the people spoke against God and against Moses. And they said this. They said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. That's the food God gave them. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people died. They spoke slanderously against God about Moses. They accused God of being a derelict. They accused God of being unfaithful to them, ignorant, moronic. He had no plans to care for them. He wasn't going to take care of them. He was foolish, unable to provide for their needs, weak and pathetic, not a real God. Why in the world did he bring us out into the desert? See how they're speaking against him, slandering him, his authority. Psalm 101 makes it very clear how God feels about the way that we talk to others or about others. It says, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look and an arrogant heart, I will not endure. God detests gossip. God detests slander. He hates it. So whether it's through an anonymous letter, which I've received several in my time as pastor, or the quiet conversations that happen over the phone at night. Or, or maybe we've, we've given our gossip a little bit more of a techie feel by doing it through Facebook messaging or through cell phones. We talk about other people behind their back, speaking negatively and hurtfully. God says he will not tolerate that. He detests it. Now notice why James says that we shouldn't slander. He says, the one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. So he takes gossiping and slander one step further. Not only does it hurt the people that you're doing it against, but he says it, it questions the legitimacy of the law. It speaks against the law. You're setting yourself up as judge over those people. He says that when we slander others, it's as if we have donned the black robe of a judge and we're peering down our nose looking at this person that is guilty before proven innocent and they're a sinner. We look at them and we stand in judgment over them. And when we do this, we speak evil against the law of God. Remember what Leviticus 19.16 said. He says, you shall not go around slandering among your people. And you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. Because I am the Lord. And that verse comes right before that statement about the royal law. That we ought to love our neighbors. And Jesus said that this law... Loving your neighbor as yourself is the second greatest commandment. The first of the great commandments is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says the second is very similar to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments, everything hangs. All of the law rests upon the truth of those two commandments. Love your neighbor. Love God. 
James says that to criticize inappropriately, to slander your brother or your sister is the same thing as slandering the word of God. And he sees our judgment of others as being a a contradiction of what God has said in his word to us. So, when you are airing your frustrations about one of your brothers or sisters inappropriately, or you're laughing at them behind their back, or you're rolling your eyes because of something that they've said, you're slandering them, you're exasperated and annoyed at them, and you take it out on them in inappropriate ways, and you speak harshly to them or harshly about them. Friends, you're acting like a Nazi who's gathered around a massive bonfire, taking the Word of God and chucking it in. You're rejecting the authority and the validity and the truth of God's Word. We have to be careful with the way that we use our words. Now, when we think about this text, hopefully it's come into your mind, the idea of church discipline. How is it then, as a church, we can enact church discipline on people who are wayward and not following Christ in a way that goes along with this text? Well, there's a vast difference between slander and discipline. The difference between slander and church discipline is very simple. Slander seeks to destroy the believer. It seeks to destroy the other person, whether it's their reputation or literally. Discipline seeks to restore the believer. There's a desire for that person to come back into fellowship with Christ, that person to come back into fellowship with the church. And so as a church... We have covenanted together through our own church covenant. We want to encourage one another to be more faithful Christians. We, we have become covenant-keeping people together. We want to hold each other accountable. We want to encourage one another. Sometimes we must rebuke one another as well. So there's a vast difference between slander or judging one another inappropriately and church discipline. So James says that slandering our brothers or our sisters is the same as rejecting the authority of the word of God. Next we see a slandering gossip refuses to obey the word of God. Look what he says there. He says, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law but a judge. Now, we have to notice at this point that these two points, number one and two, are very close together. They're very similar. When we slander, we disregard the authority of God's word in our lives, but along with that, because we've disregarded the authority of God in our lives, consequently, we disobey God. So if we don't believe he has authority, we're not going to do the things that he says to do. So if we disregard his authority, we will do the things that we want to do, the things that make us happy, the things that make us um, enjoy life, the things that make us feel good about ourselves, a reputation maybe. We're going to do the things that we want to do. So in verse 11b, he says, if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. So apparently James thinks that if you deny the authority of the word, it only makes logical sense that you will fail to do what the word actually says. So no matter how high and mighty your ideas are, 
No matter how articulate you are about the truth of God's, God's word. No matter how, how convicted you are and passionate you are about orthodoxy or about right theology. No matter how resolute you are about the validity and the, the relevance of the scriptures. James says that our failure to do what the word of God says tells the world that we really don't believe what we're talking about. So, friends, where are you at in this? Do you find yourself saying a lot of really good things a lot of the time? Maybe you teach others. You're discipling your children. You're you're doing really good things. You're saying a lot of good things. You even have some, some solid, strong opinions about the direction of our country. You want certain things to happen. You're praying for certain things to happen. You want a spiritual awakening. You want revival. And yet you find yourself having difficulty controlling the gossiping tongue in your life. Your words, they get away from you. You can't pull them back. You say things that you know you shouldn't say and you place yourself as a judge over other people. Are you denying the authority of the word over your life? And as a result, are you refusing to submit yourself in obedience to God? A slandering gossip rejects the authority of God's word and as a result, refuses to obey God and his word. And finally, a slandering gossip regards themselves as their own God. Look what he says in verse 12. He says, there is only one God lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? And James has already given us two reasons why slandering others is sinful. Here he, he puts the final nail in the coffin. Setting ourselves up as judge over others is an attempt to shove God out of the judge's seat and to take it for ourselves. That's what he says. Now, Jews sometimes would call Moses the lawgiver, but here, James, it's obvious that James is not talking about Moses. He's talking about the one who gave Moses the law, God. The Bible says that God himself is the ultimate judge of all things. He is the one who stands in holiness to judge the world. In fact, the Psalms, Psalm 50 says this, that the mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. God shines forth. Listen to what he says. Our God comes and he does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire. Around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. He says, gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. God is the judge. Not us. We're not the judge of anyone. We're sinners. We set ourselves up as judge over people, but God alone is the judge. James often throughout his letter refers back to the words of Christ. And here he says a sentence that makes us think of what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, when Jesus said, don't fear those who who kill the body 
but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The psalmist writes, he fulfills the desire of those who fear him. God also hears their cry and saves them. He is the one who destroys. He is the one who brings salvation. He alone is the one who judges all peoples and all things. Friends, where are you at this morning? How do you use your words? Do you use your words to build those around you up? Or do you use them to wound people? Whether it's with sarcasm or harshness. We say to our kids all the time that you might think it's funny. You might think it's just playing around. But if the other person doesn't think it's funny, it's not funny. It's not playing around. So friends, even when you think it's funny and the words that you're saying are sarcastic and overly harsh and you think you're just playing around, if the other person doesn't think that it's actually funny, it's not Sometimes we think that sarcasm is okay. It's perfectly all right. We get to say whatever we want to say and however we want to say it and people just have to accept it because we're being funny. Do you wound or do you heal with your words? Do you encourage or do you discourage people? Do you build people up in your life or do you tear them down? I want us to close this morning with Colossians chapter 3. Paul is writing. He sums up the response that we ought to have toward this subject. He says, now you must put away all anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Why? He says, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and now you've put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew. There is no circumcised and uncircumcised. There's no barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. But Christ is all in all. We don't judge one another. He says, but then do this. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against the other one, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect heart. May that be true of us. That we would not be people who think that it's not a big deal to gossip. It's not a big deal because nobody knows. Friends, God knows the things that we say in public and in private. Slander is a sin for which Christ was crucified. Let us put on love. Let's pray. Father, we ask this morning that you would give to us grace upon grace in the midst of our sin. That you would call us to repentance. Lord, that we would hear these words from James and that they wouldn't just be words we hear the preacher say. 
that we don't respond to, but that we would examine our own hearts and our lives, that we would look at the way that we speak to people, the way that we talk about people when they're not around. We would acknowledge the sin that is in our life. We would turn to repentance, trusting in the grace of Christ offered at the cross. God, let us not be a hard-hearted people, but a repentant people. Always trusting in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray.